Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. celebrating Mom's Day, and the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. And I can't think of any other class of people that deserve more honor and appreciation and acknowledgement than moms in the house. So if you're a mom today, let's hear a great amen. Amen. We're a loud church, so amen Amen. means yes, God, I receive it. We're going to honor older moms, we're going to honor young moms today. We honor single moms. We honor moms with one child, with six kids, seven kids, be fruitful, multiply, keep going. And we honor grandmoms. And we also honor spiritual moms. You know, you might not have a child, but in the house of God, God brings the orphans, the Bible says, into his house. And you can be a spiritual mom. I remember when, when I was dating my wife, Lori, uh, for some reason, uh, kids would always be around her. And she loved children, and I know she, she greatly impacted their lives. And they would come up to me, including Chris Coletta, if he's here, and, uh, and they would pull on my shirt, and they would say, hey, um, can I play with your mom? I mean, can I play with your, your daughter? And, and I'd say, my daughter? How old do I look? And, but I, I, I look back and I say, my wife had such an impact upon kids. She was a spiritual mother before she was a, a mother in the natural. And so if you don't have children here today, God needs women to show the love of Christ to a generation that needs spiritual moms spiritual dads. Amen? So we truly honor moms today. And I want to say to moms, if you do nothing more than carry a child for nine months and they go through labor, let me tell you something. You are worthy of all the honor. Come on. You are worthy of all the honor. I mean, I know as a man, I could never do what a woman does. You know, I saw my wife three times give birth to a child. And uh, the most labor I felt was opening my eyes in the middle of the night, because she would always have babies in the middle of the night. And I would see the monitor, and I would say to her, okay, here comes another one. And I'd take a nap in between the contractions. <laughs> and I would say, here comes another one, Lord. Breathe. Breathe. And then I'd say, okay, let me take a nap. So I honor the moms in the house that go through labor, not only, you know, to have your children, but let me tell you something about a mom. Labor never ends. Isn't that true? A mom is always working, always serving. Moms are the ones who who wait on you, and they wait up for you. They cry for you, or they cry because of you. Isn't that true? They pray for you, and they stand up for you when no one else will. When no one else will, your mom will stand up for you. You know, moms, they are always reminded of 
years ago when I first went to visit a maximum security prisoner. And I remember it was a whole new experience for me going into a prison with guys who are in there for all kinds of crazy things. And I'd be, I was in the waiting room and I would see little moms sitting at tables waiting for their sons to come out. I saw out of 10 people, nine of them would be moms and one would be a dad. And it was a reflection to me of the heart of Jesus. The character of Jesus. A mom never gives up on their children. A mom never gives up on their children. Jesus never gives up on us. You know, the Bible says, you being evil, know to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give to you the Holy Spirit, His love for you, His forgiveness for you? I saw a chart, and on the chart it said, moms. And under it was, the following was checked off. Personal chef, head cheerleader, housekeeper, taxi driver. Come on, say amen if this is true. Personal shopper, tutor, nurse, keeper of secrets. Don't tell dad. Storyteller and mediator. But in today's world, I think we need to add a few to mom's resume. Provider, protector, comforter. The one who gets the job done when no one else will do it. Let me tell you something. In my house, the dishes mysteriously, miraculously disappear out of the sink while we're all sleeping. I say, Lord, you are amazing. And my wife would say, no, that's not the Lord. That's mom, right? And moms can never be fooled. You can fool dad, but you can't fool mom. I remember my son Daniel when he was young. He was combing through the back of my wife's hair, just looking through her hair. Hey, what are you doing? I'm looking for mom's eyes. Because my wife would say, listen, you will never, ever get away with anything. Because I have eyes behind my head. It's true. You can't get away with anything when it comes to mom. Moms, we honor you. We respect you. And today we acknowledge you. But the most important reason why we honor moms is because God honors you. The Bible says in the fifth commandment, which is interesting that God would place this, this commandment in the middle of the ten. The Bible says, honor your mother and your father. And it's the first commandment, the Bible says, has a promise to it. And we see the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians 6, verse 2 and 3, honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with the promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. If you want to be blessed, if you want long life, if you want God's hand of blessing upon your life, honor your mother and your father. Jesus spoke seven times while he was on the cross. The first time 
he looked at the people and he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. And that released salvation through eternity. If Jesus did not say those words, there would not be forgiveness of sins. He spoke those words. The second thing that he said, he turned to the thief on the cross, and he said, today, you will be with me in paradise. But the third thing, now just picture this, Jesus is in agony, excruciating pain. And the third thing that he said was to, to take care of his mother. He turns to John, the beloved. He first turns to Mary and he says, Behold thy son. And he points to John, the beloved. Then he turns to John and says, Behold thy mother. It was so important to Jesus that on the cross, he was taking, making sure his mom was taken care of. Honor your mother. Honor your father. Now I know there's people in this room Whenever we have a mom's day, whenever we have a dad's day, it might be a difficult day for you. Maybe you lost your mom. Maybe you lost your mom. But you know, you, you can find uh, solace and peace in knowing that, that you had a mom, number one. Right? And number two, you can find peace in your faith. That God loves your mother. Wherever she is, you pray that she's in heaven. That I don't believe prayers have time. But then there are those that maybe you have been in a home that experienced abuse. Maybe you've been in an alcoholic home or, or a home of addiction. And there's, there's a, you know, hurts that carry on because of our childhood. Now first let me say this. The Bible warns against child abuse. There is judgment for sin. Jesus said it would be better that you know, a, a noose would wrap around your, your neck and you'd be thrown into the sea then you hurt a little child. But then at the same time, God says, forgive or I won't forgive you. Because God does not want us to carry hurts, carry fear, carry abuse, carry the things that have hurt you into the next generation God is dying so you might be free. When you release forgiveness to your mom, your dad, you unlock the prison door that keeps you enslaved. Jesus came to set you free. Forgiveness sets you free. Amen? So find it in your heart to forgive your mom. You know, you can only give what you have. Isn't that true? And, and some people experience horrific things in their life. But God gives you forgiveness. When you experience Jesus and the forgiveness of sin that he gives you, now you're able to offer it to those who hurt you. And so Mom's Day, Father's Day, needs to also be a day where we release the hurt that's been done in our lives. Because then, no parent is perfect. There's no perfect parent. But let me say this. You were perfectly chosen on this earth. And God perfectly chose your parents to birth you. You are here because of your parents. There's a reason why God had to choose your parents, good or bad, to get you here. 
Your creation was more important to God than the circumstances by which you were created. Because you matter that much. Your life, your specific, who you specifically are, matters in God's plan so much that he would even choose very imperfect people to get you here. So you can thank God that, that the Lord has, has chosen your parents to give you an opportunity to experience eternal life in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever. We can thank God that he used our parents to get us here. So we thank the Lord, we honor our moms, we honor our dads. The Bible says in Psalm 139.16, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And let me say this to, to some of you. You know, parents didn't have a choice either. Some of you even say, how the heck did I get, can I say heck in church? <laughs> how did I end up with this one? Is true? Parents didn't have a choice either. I think of being a teenager. We have lots of teenagers in the church. And uh, when you're a teenager, your parents can't do anything right. Your parents are the worst parents in the world. They can't do anything right. And I remember going through that phase. And, uh, and I remember in my second year of college, wanting to quit college. And uh, I said, this isn't for me. Um, I don't know what I'm doing here because I'm gonna be a rock star. That's what I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a rock star. And so I was gonna quit college. And, and probably my parents don't remember this. My mom probably doesn't remember this. But, but they uh, you know, would not allow me to quit. And I didn't wanna break their heart. And I think back and I say, thank God the one time I listened to my parents. I listened to my parents. Because it's hard when you're young, especially a teenager, to listen to your parents. Your parents are right sometimes, guys. Your parents are right most of the time. Especially if you have parents in the house of the Lord. Amen? But in the Christian world, uh, moms are often under the measuring rod. Proverbs 31. We hear this a lot, right? Of the Proverbs 31 woman. And I don't want to read the entire passage of Scripture because it's, it's a long one, but let me give you the Cliff Notes version of Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 describes a woman. And it's a woman who does it all. The woman does, works day and night, cares for the family, the poor, this woman starts businesses, invests, counsels, makes wise decisions, teaches, makes clothing, linens, even makes linens. This woman in Proverbs 31 cooks, cleans, and wakes up with makeup and lipstick and high heels on. <laughs> I added that. I added that to Proverbs 31. But basically, this woman in, in Proverbs 31 is a superwoman. Superwoman. And I can hear all the single guys saying, that's the kind of woman I want. I want one of these Proverbs 31 women. Well, let me tell you guys, if you want a superwoman, you better be super God. Amen? Yeah. 
especially if you want a Christian woman, you better be a super man. But because of this notion of Proverbs 31, even in the Christian community, moms often live with lots of guilt because they feel and think they should be more. They should be a better mom. They should be a better wife. They should be better what they do. They should be better in all aspects of life, especially when the world tells a woman what you should be, right? Isn't that true? Someone said, a mom who doesn't feel guilt is called a man. <laughs> Men don't deal with this stuff, but women do. But let me show you a secret in Proverbs 31. That it's in verses 28 through 30. It says, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things. Listen to this. Many women, many women do noble things. But you surpass them all. Who's God speaking to? Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord is who God exalts in Proverbs 31 is to be praised. The woman who fears the Lord is a precious jewel, is unique, is different, who God sees as the person who needs to be honored. So moms, if you love Jesus, you are to be honored and praised. When you look over the whole earth, the Lord looks at the women and moms who are in the house of the Lord, who are trying to raise their kids by God's ways, and they're doing all they can to live a life that's worthy of, of, of Christ. You are the ones that God is praising in Proverbs 31. And I want to share something that I learned about the Sabbath and how some Jewish families celebrated the Sabbath that um, I really never knew about just until I heard this. And, uh, and it's really interesting because I was, I was learning about this and said, this is something that we need to apply as Christians in our homes. See, the, the Hebrew Sabbath starts on Friday night and it goes through Saturday evenings, where our, our Sabbath should start on Saturday night and go through Sunday. But we live in a world where, where we've thrown away this commandment of the fourth commandment, honoring the Sabbath. And it's influenced every aspect of society. It's destroyed families, it's destroyed marriages. This one principle of honoring God, the Sabbath, and we know we worship as Christians on Sunday because the New Testament church began worshiping and honoring the Sabbath on Sunday because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. So the church took Saturday and started worshiping on Sunday. But it's really not about the day. It's about the principle of setting aside a special, sacred, holy time. The Bible calls it the Sabbath, which is our Sunday. That's why we say church isn't just something, oh, I'll go, I don't go. It is sacred, the Bible says. It's holy. It influences every aspect of your life. It marks you for who you are. Children of God honor this commandment honor the Sabbath. We're committed. Not only are we committed to attending, but we're committed to serving in the Lord's house. But in the Hebrew tradition, the
the Sabbath starts with the lighting of a candle. And the lighting of a candle was symbolic of welcoming the presence of God. And we know that as we read about the Sabbath and learn about the Sabbath, we know that as Christians, Jesus is the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the light. He's the candle. And so the Jewish tradition was the lighting of the candle representing the presence of God in their home. But what's interesting is, is the candle was usually lit by the moms. And as the moms were lighting the candle, the dad, the man, would be behind the mom with his arms around her. And the family, just picture this, the family would be gathered, and dad's arms are around the mom, and she's lighting the candle, welcoming the presence of God into the house. And in addition to his loving arms around her, he would sing a song. Lady, I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you. Yeah, who rolls? No, it's not. Moms are going to love this. You're going to go, the moms are going to go home and get married, and they're going to say, hey, we need to start doing this in our house, right? But what would happen? The presence of God would come to the house. Everything would stop. All the fighting, all the animosity, all the problems of life, problems of marriage, everything would be put on hold and say, we are going to honor God in this sacred tradition. Warriors. And so the Sabbath not only became a time of worshiping God, it became a time to honor our families, to honor our marriages, to honor our wives, to honor moms. And then the second thing that would happen was, and the women are going to love this, the family would give mom a gift on the Sabbath. So moms were honored because moms do a lot. Do a lot during the week. And so everything was stopped. And not only did they hug mom and, and honor her and, and sing over her, but they gave her a gift on the, on the Sabbath. And sometimes they put chain, a bowl of change on the table, which represented that, listen, there will be a time where there is no need for money anymore. There's no more labor. In eternity, in heaven, there's no more labor. Mom, dad. Then the Sabbath meal came out. And what was customary, this is interesting too. And I'm afraid to say this because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> that the Sabbath meal was usually prepared by the man, not the woman. Now, Come on, you, you better cheer if you want this to happen in your house. You better say amen. Now this goes against everything. Everything I know. This goes against who I am. I'm tempted. Mom cooks on Sunday. Okay? But the man would prepare the meal. There was an honoring of the mom. And then the father would pray a prayer of blessing upon the children and over his wife. And that's when he would speak Proverbs 31. And he would say, you are an excellent mom. You are a noble wife. You, and he would speak blessings over his wife, over the mother of his children. Our words have power. The Sabbath time, where we stop 
and invite the, the light of Christ into our home, and we stop the fighting, and we stop the backbiting, and we stop all the worrying and fear and all the stuff of life, we stop and we welcome Jesus into our home and we start speaking blessing into the air. You might not feel it. You might not see it. You might have just had a giant knockout fight with mom on Thursday, on Friday. But on Saturday night, you stop all that and you say, we're getting ready. We're, we are going to invite the presence of Jesus. We are preparing for the Sabbath. Amen? We are a Christian house. And then the next morning, the family would go to the synagogue, and, and then in the afternoon, they would do something together. This is a beautiful picture of God's family. It's a beautiful picture of what should be happening in our day on Sunday. They did something together. The small children would be carried to their, where they were going to. It's usually something outside. And they would carry the young children as a reminder of their escape from Egypt through the Red Sea into the Promised Land. As a reminder what Jesus has done for you. He set you free from captivity. He set you free from the, 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 the ensnarement of sin and the burdens of this world. He's released you from the old. He's bringing you into the new. And what would happen at this time is they would wait together for the Sabbath to end, and they would wait for the stars to appear. And when they saw three stars, that's when the Sabbath was over. You know, and, um, and I heard someone say the three stars represented the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then at the, the, the end of all this, what's interesting is it would always lead shouldn't say always, but it would usually lead into a time of intimacy between mom and dad. Now I was thinking about this. When we welcome Christ into our home, when we arrange our families around Jesus, as we put all the stuff aside and we welcome the Holy Spirit to come and we forgive and we let go and we start speaking positive words into our environment, into our families, the result is intimacy, especially guys for a woman. A woman needs to be spoken well, needs to be encouraged, needs to be cherished. And this all happened through the Sabbath. It was a very spiritual thing that happened and it ended up in intimacy. And I think about this, and when there's intimacy, when there's Christ, you end up having a happy wife. Happy wife, happy life. Say it well. Happy wife. Happy life. This is something. This is more of a, a sermon for guys, I think, than for moms. But as Christians, we see the Sabbath obviously through Jesus. He's the Lord of the Sabbath, and we honor the Sabbath. We honor the sacred time together. On Sunday. We honor this time because it's a commandment of the Lord. It's not insignificant. It's not something inconsequential. It affects who we are. 
We are Christians. We are Christian families. We want our families healthy. We want our marriages healthy. We want our children healthy. We want our grandkids healthy. And it all begins here. It all begins by setting aside the Sabbath and loving God. But, but, but at the same time, we don't leave church in church. We bring Christ into our homes. We bring church into our homes. We bring church into our marriages, into our families. Jesus said in Mark 2, 27, 27, the Sabbath was made for man. Get this. The Sabbath, what we do, all this that I just explained was made for man. We need God. God doesn't need us. We need God. We need rest. We need healing. We need a day, a night, where we stop all the hustle and bustle and we allow the Holy Spirit, the light of Christ, to heal us, to speak to us, to change us, to reset us. We need God. And Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Amen? You know, um, I want to ask my wife, Lori, to come. And we, I want all of us to stand. Actually, you know what? I want the moms to stand. Let, let's have all the moms stand. I'm going to ask Lori to come and pray for you as we close today. I want to pray for her to pray as a mother prayer and a grandmother. She's a, a grandmother. She doesn't look like a grandmother. She's a grandmother. And I want her to pray a prayer of blessing for the women. Amen. You just want to close your eyes and lift your hands. I just want to pray a blessing. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the moms that are represented here today, God. We ask, Lord, that you fill their cup today to overflowing, oh God, as they pour out, Lord, from the early hours of the morning till late in the evening and even through the night, God. I pray that their cup would never run dry. But, Lord, you would fill their cup with abundance of love to pour over their family, God. You would fill their cup, Lord, with joy unspeakable and full of glory, that your joy would be their strength in their time of need, O oh God. We pray that you would fill their cup with patience, Lord God, to get through this journey we call life, O oh God. All that they need is found in you, God. So I ask that they would leave here today with their cups overflowing with every good and perfect gift that only comes from you, Lord God. Touch them, Lord God. Let them feel your love wrapped around them like a warm blanket today, Lord God. Let them know how much they mean to you, Lord God. But you honor them today, Lord. Not just our words, but Lord, from heaven. You honor these moms today, Lord God. Let them feel your unconditional love pouring over them, Lord God. Let them leave here knowing, without a doubt, that they are the apple of your eye. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thanks for listening today. We pray you are blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.